0: Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring Jesus is coming again Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing Jesus is coming again
1: This is the voice of prophecy A voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days Prepare ye the way of the Lord
0: Coming again, coming again Jesus is coming again
1: From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California We welcome you to this half hour of inspiration Music with the King's Herald's Del Delker, Brad Braley And H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker
0: Is coming work through the morning hours. Work while the dew is sparkling, work mid springing flowers. Work when the day grows brighter, work in the glowing sun. Work for the night is coming work is done Work for the night is coming Work through the sunny noon Fill brightest stars with labor rest come sure and soon give every flying me. Something to keep in store Work for the night is come
2: Our Father, which art in heaven, we thank thee for thy mercies, which are new to us every day, and for thy goodness in Jesus Christ. Bless us, we pray, as we proclaim thy word this day, for we ask it in his name.
0: There is a place of quiet Sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God
2: O Jesus, blessed Redeemer Sent from the heart of God Hold us who bow before Thee near to the heart of God.
0: How my soul delights to hide Oh, how precious are the lessons Which I learn at Jesus' side Earthly cares can never vex me Neither trials lay me low For when Satan comes to tempt me To the secret place I go To the secret place I go Would you like to know the sweetness of the secret of the Lord? Go and hide beneath his shadow, this shall then be your reward And whene'er you leave the silence of that happy meeting place, you must mind and bear the image of the Master.
1: Sometimes we don't get a yes answer to our prayers. But when we are privileged to see Jesus in heaven, then all the reasons and the whys will have a glorious answer.
0: Has your heart's deep longing been denied? Though you walk with Jesus at your side, Beyond the sunset to the home he doth prepare. For heaven holds it.
1: now is H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy Speaker. His subject, The Man at the Window. There he was at
2: the window. Everybody could see him. A special delegation of busy politicians was watching him. They could see him plainly. They could tell what he was doing, and what he was doing was contrary to the law. They saw him distinctly more than once. That very day they had seen him at least three times. Now they had the evidence. They hurried off to the authorities. Who was this man at the window? What was he doing? He had a reason to be there. But before we tell you who he was and what his reason was for being at the window, we will go back, back, back to that happy day when a wise king sat upon his specially built rostrum in the center of the temple court, at the hour of its dedication, and prayed to God in heaven. We find his prayer in the Holy Bible, First Kings, 8th chapter. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands toward heaven, and said, Lord God of Israel, if thy people sin against thee, and thou be angry with them and deliver them to the enemy... So that they carry them away captives unto the land of the enemy, far or near. Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land whither they are carried captives, and repent and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that carried them captives, saying, We have sinned, we have done perversely, and so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, and pray unto thee toward their land." which thou gavest unto their fathers the city which thou hast chosen and the house which I have built for thy name then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven thy dwelling place and maintain their cause and forgive thy people and give them compassion before them who carried them captive there it is if they were ever carried away captive because of their sins these ancient people of God had the privilege of praying for deliverance If they repented of their sins and returned to God in their hearts, they were to pray toward the Holy Land, toward the Holy City, and toward the Holy House, the temple at Jerusalem. Then God would hear their prayers and deliver them. That's exactly what this man was doing there at the window in ancient Babylon. He had his windows open toward Jerusalem. He was praying. He was remembering this promise It's true that 500 long years or thereabouts had gone by, but it takes more than 500 years to weary God's promises. Every time we read his promises and bring them to him in prayer, we revive them and renew them. That's what the holy prophet Daniel was doing, for he was the man at the window. We can read the story in the sixth chapter of the book of Daniel. This man was high in political life, chief of the civil administration, Under him were 120 high officials who had the welfare of the whole nation on their hands. These men were jealous of this servant of God. They desired to humiliate him, to drag him from his high position, to usurp his authority. But they were certain of one thing. They could find no occasion to bring charges against him, except, they said, we find it against him concerning the law of his God. That's verse 5. What a tribute that was to Daniel's character. They knew he would be true to his religious principles. If in some way they could jockey him into a false position, they knew he would stick to his God and to his religion. In that way they might possibly get something against him. So they thought out the nefarious plan of going to King Darius, working on his egotism, and suggesting a law and a firm decree that no one should ask a petition of either God or man for 30 days, except the king himself, on peril of being thrown into a den of lions. The king was flattered by these shameless politicians, foolish enough to sign the decree. And then what? He did not have the knowledge that this evil action was taken against Daniel, not for a moment. It was Daniel's custom to pray three times a day regarding the return of God's people from Babylonian captivity. Three times a day he would open his windows toward Jerusalem and pray, just as King Solomon had suggested 500 years before. This man at the window had scripture for what he was doing. He could read in the Psalms of David, As for me, I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Psalm 55, 16. He could also read in the fifth Psalm, verse 7, As for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. As the record in the book of Daniel puts it, Daniel 6, 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Read the rest of the story for its interest and for the facts it contains. For breaking this thirty-day law, which was enacted solely for his benefit, Daniel was hustled off to the den of lions. Even the king himself couldn't save him against the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not, verse 12. But God saved him. You know the story since childhood. Sometimes we hear people say that they do not have time to pray. This man at the window found time, took time, when it was worth his life to pray. What a lesson for us. How can a preacher amount to anything who doesn't actually pray? He may talk about praying, read about praying, dream about it, even weep about it, but if he doesn't pray, he'll have no power. When Billy Sunday was converted, joined the church, a Christian friend came to him and said, William, There are three simple rules which, if you will follow, you will never have backslider written after your name. First, take your 15 minutes each day to listen to God talking to you. That's studying the Bible. Second, take 15 minutes each day to talk to God. That's prayer. Third, take 15 minutes each day to talk to others about God. That's Christian work. The young convert made that the aim of his life. We know the results, some of them. It changed his life, and through him... The lives of thousands. I personally know this to be true. Prayer is the key of the day, the bolt of the night. Martin Luther said to someone who asked him what he had to do that day, Do, just work, work, work. Then he added, I'm so busy that if I did not spend two or three hours each day in prayer, I couldn't get through the day. If I should neglect prayer but a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. Are you that busy? The busier you are, the more you need to pray. Adil Moody once said, Every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. And friends, we need kneeling figures today. I can think of just one field where there's need for thousands of kneeling figures. People praying that God will open the way in radio for his message to go to millions who cannot now hear the word. Will you not join us and pray about this? And to all such we say... Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Isaiah 62, 6. The prophet Daniel knew by the study of the prophecies of Jeremiah and others that the time had almost come for God to fulfill his promise for the return of his people to the Holy Land. And he began to pray that the promise might be fulfilled quickly. Why should we not pray that God's promises might be fulfilled? God desires his people to be interested enough in his affairs to pray for the fulfillment of his word and his promises. This man at the window was a Bible-believing servant of God. In prayer, he turned his face to the far-off land of his childhood, a land which he no doubt never saw again, but which thousands of others did see in answer to his prayer. He even prayed when the law of the land made it dangerous to pray in public. By doing this, he boldly but quietly and humbly declared that no earthly power has a right to interpose between the soul and its God. There, before anyone who cared to watch, he upheld the principles of religious freedom, yes, religious liberty. In spite of all his afflictions and the schemes of his enemies, God gave him deliverance. From this story of the man at the window we may learn that in seasons of trial and gloom God's children should be just what they were when their prospects were bright with hope and their surroundings all that they could desire. Daniel in the lion's den was the same Daniel that stood before the king as chief among the ministers of state and as a prophet of the Most High. A man whose heart is stayed upon God will be the same in the hour of his greatest trial as he is in prosperity when the light and favor of God and of man beam upon him. Faith reaches to the unseen and grasps eternal realities. The man at the window looking out over the Euphrates River toward the vast stretches of the desert beyond was praying not only for himself but especially for others. And as Bishop Edwin H. Hughes puts it, we need to be praying for others today. The lacking note in Protestantism, he says, is the intercessory note, the pleading note, praying for other people. Do you pray for others? Here at the Voice of Prophecy, every Thursday morning, we have a special intercessory prayer for others in which all of our workers join. And we invite you who hear this broadcast, to join us on Thursday mornings in this worldwide intercessory prayer for all those you know to be in need, for the work of God in the world, for the peace of the earth, for the finishing of the gospel message. The man at the window gives us a lesson. Think of how the Christian preachers in the world could stir millions of hearts if millions of people praying for them. When Dr. J. Wilbert Chapman came to the Bethany Presbyterian Church, often called the Wanamaker Church in Philadelphia, and had preached his first sermon, one of the leading laymen came up to him and said, You seem to have just ordinary gifts, and I am afraid that you will fail here. But six or eight men have agreed to join me next week in praying for you as you are preaching. We will spend a whole hour in prayer, asking God to give you success. Eventually, more than 500 men joined this prayer group. No wonder Dr. Chapman succeeded as a preacher. These men simply prayed him through to great success. It would be a wonderful thing, and it would please me greatly if 500 people would write me and tell me that they're praying for me as my program goes on the air every week. There's no limit to what God can do with intercessory prayer. J. Edgar Hoover has said that the spectacle of a nation praying is more awe-inspiring than the explosion of an atomic bomb. The force of prayer is greater than any possible combination of man-made or man-controlled powers. Prayer is man's greatest means of tapping the infinite resources of God. Think of the power for peace, prosperity, security above all for the defeat of sin and evil a nation in prayer would bring. Jesus said, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. Matthew eighteen eighteen. Think of the power of the church at prayer, of a thousand of a million people at prayer. We may be as assured as was the man at the window of old that if we come to God, he will hear us. We read in Psalm 65, 2, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself who said to all of those who believe in him, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Matthew 7, 7. With these promises in our hearts, let us, like the man at the window, pray, O Heavenly Father, We open the windows of our hearts toward the city of God, the holy Jerusalem above. Bless us all today, everyone now listening to this broadcast. Remember us in our needs and afflictions. Bring us close to thee. Give us victory in the name of Christ. Build us up in the most holy faith. Send thy gospel to earth's remotest bounds. Give us the health and strength we need to serve thee. We pray for religious liberty throughout the world. Remember the poor and the troubled the sick. Hasten the glad day when there shall be no pain and no sorrow and no tears and the whole wide world shall be the home of thy redeemed forevermore. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: There's a Sky, there's a sweet by and by when you take it to the Lord in prayer. Angry clouds disappear, every doubt, every fear when you take it to the Lord in prayer. Then take it to the Lord in prayer. Every sorrow, every heartache, he will share. Wondrous love, wondrous grace, as you look upon his face, then take it to the Lord in prayer. There is light, there is love, there is grace from above, when you take it to the Lord in prayer You belong to the King to his cross you will cling When you take it to the Lord in prayer Then take it to the Lord Sorrow, every heartache He will share Wondrous love, wondrous grace As you look upon His face Then take it to the Lord in
1: prayer This is Orville Iverson reminding you that Christ can guide us over the turbulent sea of life. So let us look to Him and go forward in faith. And now, with a final word for you, is H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh day Adventist minister. Have faith in God,
2: all His love and mercy share. Have faith in God, whose Spirit is everywhere. Have faith in God, and witness the power of prayer. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope that this broadcast of ours has served to give you spiritual strength for the coming week. And we invite you to join us again at that time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. And so we say, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.